Morning. Morning. You all feeling like it's Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. I, I went away and it wasn't Christmas, and on the way back they were playing rock jingle bells in the, in the airport and rock jingle bells everywhere else, as if there's only one thing they play in Spain, it's rock jingle bells. But there we are, so we're all back, it's definitely Christmas. So this morning, we're going to look at Mary. Now, not that Mary, all right? Another Mary, who was a very famous Mary from Nuneaton. So if I all say famous Mary from Nuneaton, who do you all think of? Born in 1819, died in 1880. Yes, wrong. There's another Mary who was born in Nuneaton, who to a certain generation, of which I must admit most of you here belong, some of you don't, who was probably in her time as if not more famous. And her name was Constance Hutchinson. Well, her middle name was Mary. (laughs) And she was born in 1910. And when you know who I'm talking about, lift your hand just so I can catch on. You can catch on. Born in 1910. She married in 1940. So what you're looking for is her surname, her married surname. In the early 1960s, she was trained as a teacher who specialized in sex education. In 19... 64, she was, this will give it away, the founder and president of the National Viewers and Listeners Association. Yes, Mary Whitehouse. In 1970, she was part of the leadership of the National Festival of Light. In the 1980s, she, was, she started by being very influential in the 70s in Ted Heath's government. By the 1980s, she was extremely influential in Margaret Thatcher's government. Look back at some of the things that were passed at that time, look at her history, and you can see that she had a very loud voice in this country in the 1980s. In 1988, she became very ill and effectively retired. She was 78 when she retired. Anybody here younger than 78? Stop feeling like your time is up. Anybody over 78? Uh, Life expectancy has increased since then. Stop (laughs) feeling that your time is up, because it isn't. She was never effectively replaced. She never had any influence or hardly any influence in the major government, virtually nothing in the uh, Blair and Brown government, and I expect David Cameron would have thrown her out. But there we are. Life's moved on. So we're looking at Mary Whitehouse, who was a very influential Christian at that time. And I've got to have my little dig and say now we we are still in the, the world of PC political correctness. And without making any further comments, we'll just say that one of the commonest reasons given for the extreme amount of child abuse that happened in the Midlands was people were frightened of being called racist because it was anti-PC, therefore didn't speak out. At the moment, without making any further comment, we say there is a huge increase in transgendering of children 
And if you look in the internet, you see that 30-odd psychologists have resigned and said this is not right. The reason given for this by these people is fear of being called uh, transphobic or something. In other words, there is a fear of speaking out. And we need a generation of Mary Whitehouses. People who understand that the gospel is only half preached if you talk about salvation only. You've only met, in my view, half the gospel. And today we have amazing tools, which she did not. Do you know, if you get a petition signed by 10,000 people, you have to have, by law, an an answer from the government. Only 10,000. If you get 100,000 signatures, it has to be debated in the House of Commons. 100,000 signatures. You work this out, there's probably, I mean, if you look at the, um, all these returns on who believes what, roughly, um, depending on which, how you word the question and which people answer it, but roughly 50% of those people in this country still identify as being Christian. They may not be active, but that's how they identify. Roughly 3 million people in this country are active churchgoers, active Christians, active churchgoers. So that means if 3% of Christians in this country all signed the same petition, there'd have to be a debate in the House of Commons. That's all it takes. We just need people to stand up and start speaking. That's a lot, isn't it? And look at the, um, the problems that we're facing today. Sometimes it's good to, to, to put yourself into somebody else's belief system and ask what other people believe. Now let's pretend we're in a belief system now that I'm trying to get rid of any worries about evolution and things like that. Just pretend we're all sort of modern, um, sort of humanist people today. We don't believe in God. Well, we've just discovered cave paintings in Indonesia. 50,000 years old. That means there's been human beings on the planet for at least 50,000 years. That's impressive. But there we are, 50,000 years of human beings being on the planet. Now, forgive me for sounding a bit humorous, but a bit serious. Yes, we should look after animals. But do you know the amount of hoo-ha there is about if you cage a chicken wrong? If you don't give a chicken the right upbringing, it's illegal. I mean, it should be, but I mean, it is. But it should be, but it is. That's a chicken. But a human baby, a human child, who's had 50,000 years of development and evolution, can overnight now be put into an environment completely alien to that child, over 50,000, and that's fine. That's fine. It's fine to bring up children without the role model of a parent, or male or female, it's fine to let them transgender because some psychologist thinks it's a good idea. So after 50,000 years of evolution, or social evolution, we can suddenly expect children to grow up in an entirely different environment. It's mad. But we are sitting here telling our politicians, oh, they should change it. Sorry, guys, it's our job. It's our job. And... 
we've just had an amazing uh, unpredicted election, whatever view you take, it was amazing and it was unpredicted. And here it is now. Now, is this a new opportunity that God has given the United Kingdom? Is it a new beginning? Is it an opportunity to stand up and say, right, where are our merry White Houses? Are we going to stand up and are we going to start calling out the social values that the gospel demands? Because not to do so is only half the gospel. I think this transcends political parties. There are a set of values that fit into each political party at the right end. There are extremes. I think one of the problems Mr. Corbyn had was that he was seen very largely as being too far to one side to somewhere. We won't go there. He's over and gone. But as the parties develop and go forward, are we speaking out to take this opportunity to bring Christian values back to the nation? Because not to do so will leave us with more social problems in the future. God did not lay down laws to spoil people's fun. He laid down laws to protect the weak and to protect the vulnerable. And also that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. These are what God's laws are for. Now when you're faced with, if you just turn me up, oh thank you. When you're faced with um, difficult decisions, there's a mnemonic I, li- I like to keep to. It doesn't matter what the decision is about, and it's KISS. Who knows what KISS stands for? Keep it simple. Well, I like, the, I like another one. Keep it simple and safe. Keep it simple and safe. So if you're faced with a big problem, keep it simple and safe. So, you know, whatever. I mean, we, we, we accept the fact that most of us are stupid anyway. Keep it simple and safe. So here are some really big issues for the church to, to, to look at. And, and let's get back to the simplest way of understanding and asking ourselves the questions, what should we be doing? The simplest uh, theological advice in the scripture, I believe, is in the Lord's Prayer. Jesus broke it all down and gave it to us very simply in the Lord's Prayer. And what did he say in the Lord's Prayer? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So let's understand who we're talking to. Then what's the, the next thing you pray for? Kingdom Whose kingdom? His. 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 Whose will be done? His. His. And yet we still see prayer meetings and prayer being taught over and over again, which comes down to a sort of system of persuading God what we want him to do. Prayer is, oh, I will pray for you and I will tell God what to do for you. It's not prayer. Prayer is essentially listening and changing ourselves to adapt to what God is doing. But more importantly here is this thought of the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come. Now, this has traditionally been often taught, as I use a big word here, eschatological. Anybody can tell me what eschatological means? Come on, you all know what this means. End times. It's often looked at as praying for the end times to come. But it's not, doesn't mean that if you look at what Jesus taught about the kingdom of God in the Gospels. He says the kingdom of God is amongst you. It's among you. It's here now. The Lord's Prayer is telling us to bring the kingdom of God into our lives and our experience 
now. Now, there's so many verses I could have picked, but I've just got Luke 17, 20 to 21 here. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. So it's not geographical. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Now, in the midst is one Greek word there, the word en, which means amongst, in, part of. The kingdom of God is here amongst you, within you now. And the journey for a Christian is to come from wherever we start and to end up living in the kingdom of God, which is God's values worked out in your life. That's the kingdom of God. And sharing with the other people God's values worked out between you. And we don't always agree, in which case we have God's values to know how to cope with our disagreement. But this is the kingdom of God. And this is what God is calling us to do. You've been saved for a purpose. Salvation is not the end of the journey. It's the start of the journey. And I think evangelical Christianity has somewhat lost its way over the last 50 years because it's sort of taught salvation, end. And liberals have sort of taught social action, end. It's both. We need the, the authority of God in our lives. We need the guiding Holy Spirit so that we can move in to bringing God's kingdom in around us, around us and amongst us. And that means proclaiming it to other people. You know, the Christmas story is not just a, a, a pretty thing to tell children. Luke 2, 8 to 14. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that is for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angelic multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace amongst those with whom he is pleased. And on earth peace. This came then. Here is the call. Way back and when Jesus was still a baby. It's down to us to proclaim the peace of the gospel, the social side of the gospel, just as much as it is to provide and teach the salvation side of the gospel. We all may find different ways of doing that. Some of us may politically lean to a, a picture of the world which is more state-controlled. Other of us may lean to a picture of the world which is more individualistically controlled. These values are for both. These transcend politics. They transcend political parties. We should be proclaiming God's values to all people at all time. As Mary Whitehouse, born in Dunedin, did. Yeah, but you're usually too clever for me, Ken, so you can ask one. No, no. That little 
just said about um, um, organizational solutions to the world's needs. You said earlier that um, the don't take regard of um, people who say it's here or it's there, meaning it's not geographical. And I thought when you said that, why does it mean just not geographical when it could mean not institutional? Oh, absolutely. Organizational. Absolutely. And now you're yeah. saying it, it might not be organizational, it could be all sorts of pan organization or some word like that. Yes. So what what does it mean? What 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 was Jesus saying that um, was this a slight at organized religion? Well, um, we're going to go off off the target here, but yes, it was definitely a slight organized religion because um, he he was crucified for being a rebel. I mean, the reason why the Romans and the Jews crucified him was because he was slight of organized religion, yes. But it's more than that. He's not being against something. He's proclaiming something new. What he's proclaiming is that moral values transcend all these things. There are God's values, and we should be here to proclaim them. And we should be, I mean, what I do believe is that we should be in organizations that, that um, will carry God's values. I wouldn't want to join a political party or an organization that would not allow me to proclaim God's values. But most, I mean, I think most of our mainstream parties allow us to proclaim God's values. We could have a discussion all day on this, but I think we largely agree. We, 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 yeah. Anybody else want to add to that? God's values are above all and transcend all. And as Jesus said, it's not here. Don't look here. Don't look there. We're not looking for a kingdom, a physical kingdom. You're looking for sets of values between people that proclaim who God is. That's the kingdom of God. And it's up to us to proclaim it. It's not up to us to ask Boris Johnson to do it. Boris Johnson has shown us very clearly what his values are. I'm not going to go into that, but we, we have, to, have to say that he would perhaps struggle with some of God's values, as would other people. But here we are. This is the opportunity God has given us. So, the kingdom of God and his peace is amongst us now. It is found. It is striven for. It is something that we are called to live in and to proclaim. It's up to us to do it. We enter through salvation in the work of the Spirit and we proclaim its values at all times. But the Christian message is both salvation and social values. It is both, not one or the other. It is prayer, it is preaching, and it is action. And the church, we we look at the, the state of society today And we we very rapidly and quickly blame the social leaders and blame the politicians and blame everybody else. And we've got to ask ourselves, where has Mary Whitehouse been for the last 20 years? Where has been the Christian voice? I think it's been too tied up in a sort of introspective Christianity, which looks into itself and argues amongst itself. Today, there is a sort of refreshing change in many ways, is that when we first came to Nuneaton and were involved in church planting, the competition, I'm ashamed to say this, but it's true, every church saw the other church as the rival. 
And a lot of churches grew and shrank and drew and shrank and then eaten by nicking people from other churches. There was a sort of recycling going on. Today, the, the church worldwide has become a little weaker and is learning that it has to understand each other and get on a lot better together. Um, Maggie and I will go out to um, Christmas and, and we're going to be in, in France on Christmas and the, the little church we, we know there is, is the, the uh, it's sort of called the French Protestant Church, Dardy Dardy, and it's, it's, an, it's a lovely little group of people in Chamonix. And they have a, a meeting at one end of the valley in, in Chamonix, and the other week they have a meeting at the other end of the valley in another town. And there they go to um, a building which is lent them free pro gratis by the local Catholics. And so we meet in this Catholic building way down the other end of the, ta- of the valley, so there's a learning of coming together. Of, yeah, okay, we've got some big differences with the Catholics. They've got some big differences with us. But basically, what, what joins us is greater than that which separates us. And this is where the church should be, trying to overcome these difficulties and understand our mission is to be, as Mary Whitehouse was, she, put, she was able to influence Margaret Thatcher. Who is around who's going to influence Boris Johnson? Because make no mistake about it, he's got a lot of power now. Where are we? Are we standing up? Let's look at what's happened. There was a group called Militant um, Momentum. They changed their name. They completely dominated and overtook the Labour Party. Because they, they organized themselves and tried it. Where were we? I have to hold my hand up, say that in the 90s and the early parts, I was part of the Labour Party. I was in the Labour Party. My grandfather was in the Labour Party. My father was in the Labour Party. And I left. I left because I could see what was happening. And now we've seen it happen, where um, extremism took over in a way that was completely... uh, We could see it coming. I felt at the time my calling was as a Christian, not as a politician, so I I made my statement and came out. But where are we now? Are we proclaiming the gospel and the social gospel? Are we standing back? These people were powered by power and anger. When you got to know them and talk to them, it was anger. And, and truth was bent to, to, to pick with anger. We are motivated by love, not anger. What can Christians do powered by love? Where are the Mary Whitehouses? I think the church stood aside because it didn't like and wasn't used in the West to being criticized. It did not like the name calling. It did not like being, um, had all, all of the stuff thrown at it and whatever else. Well, look at Mary Whitehouse's history. She took a lot of flack. She took a lot of criticism. She took a lot of, of, of bad things said about her, a lot of things twisted. And she took it and got on with it. And be, to avoid that, the church, I think, has stood back. Well, if we stand forward and proclaim the values of God, we are going to get criticism. We are, you know, turkeys don't vote for Christmas. People don't vote for moral uh, values which protect children but limit their, their rights. We have to be prepared to, to take that. But it's nothing compared to what Christ took. Nothing compared to what he took. So where are we? The question we can ask is, is 2020 the year of opportunity? 
is God giving not just the UK, but also the church a chance of a new beginning? An opportunity to stand up and to speak. It is quite interesting to go around and talk to young people, and I've just come back from a course with a lot of young people on it, and ask them about why they voted as they voted, which we all did after the election, of course. We'd all have postal voting. We all voted postally, so we couldn't change anybody, but no one would say anything until the day of the election. It was quite amazing. After the day of election, everybody started talking. The commonest reasons the young people gave me for not voting for Jeremy Corbyn was because of the doubts over his position on violence and um, terrorism and talking to people, etc., etc. In other words, they had made a moral decision. And I found that encouraging, that they'd made a moral decision based on moral grounds. Are we faced with an opportunity to ask this country to look back at its moral position, its Christian values, values that protect children and protect the weak because of the values that God put down? Or is this just a blip on the map? I'm really praying, and I, I believe in my heart of hearts, that God is giving us another opportunity. And if uh, an unknown lady from Nuneaton, who was not in any way particularly gifted intellectually, she would admit that, she was not gifted in any particular way other, other than the fact that she was prepared to stand up and speak out. Well, if, if Mary Whitehouse did it in the 1960s, is it you, God's calling for the year 2020? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your hand is uh, gracious. You give us a second chance. We thank you, Lord, that you are not a God who lays down laws and we break them and then you have done with us, but you lift us up, you dust us down, you give us a chance to work again. You're a God of the second opportunity. You're a God of forgiveness. You're also a God of values. And we pray, Lord, for our nation. And we pray that it will turn back Learn again to look to the values that you have set. Look to the values that it's come along with, that the nation or the race has come along with for 50,000 years. That we should return to your values. And in that, Lord, return to you. Amen.